Born on a mountaintop in Tennessee Greenest state in the land of the free Raised in the woods so he knew every tree Killed him a bar when he was only three Davy, Davy Crockett Welcome everyone to Sequels Week 3 on Be Kind Rewind. This is your Disney Plus movie podcast. I, of course, am Dan Teets. And back from the hallowed halls of Medford College... Kyra Hawkins. Yes. How are you tonight? I'm good. That is great. I I wish I could say I was, like, super thrilled about this movie, but um, <laughs> I, I guess we'll get into that. <laughs> Yes. We are actually talking about the third movie in the Kurt Russell Medford College saga. Tonight's movie is The Strongest Man in the World. It was released six weeks before I was born on February the 6th, 1975. Did $6.6 million at the box office, which is about $34 million today. So I kind of see why they didn't do a fourth sequel to his movies and I don't know why the second sequel is not on Disney Plus. You give us the bookends but you don't give us the second one. Well, I think um I read something that indicated it was pretty bad, so that may explain something. Although there's other pretty bad movies on Disney Plus, so So had you seen or watched this movie prior to coming into the this is your next movie to watch? No, and I didn't even know that it was a sequel to um, The Computer Wore Tennis Shoes until I was watching it, actually. Um, I, I think, like, as the, you know, it was like this opening credit sequence that goes on forever animated. It actually was pretty cute, but, like, they just go on forever. Um, but, like, during that, I was, like, kind of googling and looking stuff up and that was when i discovered that it was a sequel so i got excited because i liked that movie like it was silly but i liked it um so i was like okay cool this is gonna be good and um then i was disappointed oh <laughs> like when you're at a football game and like your team's about to do something really great and it's like ah and they lose the ball oh it was like that in my heart and but, of course, with good football teams like yours and mine, we don't have to worry about them losing the football, right? It depends. <laughs> okay. Well, um, we will go ahead and leave that one to everyone's imagination to figure out who Kyra's football team is. Everyone who knows me on Facebook knows who's mine, who's, and the bad words not forming right has started already. <laughs> Words are hard. 
Words are hard. For those of you who know me from Facebook, you know what my team is, or what my two teams are. So we will see if when this actually releases, if either of the teams are still doing well. And then you can send us an email on good old Gmail at BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com and say, ha ha, my team's better than yours, and just leave it at that. So that way we can read it on another episode. All right. So, the synopsis, which comes to us care of Wikipedia, goes a little something like this. Medfield College's Dean Higgins is about to be fired for financial mismanagement due to extreme overspending by Professor Quigley's science class. Higgins finds out the high costs are due to renting the cow as a test subject. They are feeding it various concoctions to make it fatter. In a rage... Higgins fires Quigley, then threatens to have his entire class throw down a class. When the dean slams the door as he leaves, Dexter Riley's chemical experiment mixes with that of another student's, Richard Skyland's vitamin cereal mix. When the cow eats some of the cereal into which the mixture has leaked, the students learn that cereal gave the cow the ability to produce the huge supply of milk, over 80 gallons. When Dexter eats it the next morning, he gains super strength, as does the fraternity house's pet dog. Dexter shows the Dean and Quigley his super strength by picking up an obese kid in a chair with his right hand and Skylar with his left. Higgin jumps on this as an opportunity to get Medfield out of its financial slump and keep the Board of Regents from firing him. Higgins takes the Formula Lace cereal to the Board of Crumbly Crunches Cereal Company and demonstrates its effects to the board and its president, Aunt Harriet Crumbly. They decide to advertise the powers of the Formula Lay cereal by challenging Crinkle Crunch, a rival cereal company run by Mr. Kerwood Crinkle, to a competition between their sponsored weightlifting team and Medfields to see which cereal can give the greater strength. Crinkle sponsors the well-funded state college. Crinkle has a mole named Harry on the inside who tells the Crinkle president about the formula. Hearing this, he hires A.J. Arno and some of his goons just released from prison to steal it. They break in, but are almost caught before they can get it. They then kidnap Skylar, as no one knows that Dexter's chemical was the vital ingredient in the formula, rather than Skylar's vitamins. They take them to Chinatown, where they use Chinese torture and hypnotism to get the formula. They then hypnotize him to return home and not tell what happened to him. This accidentally causes him to steal a police car, leading to a car chase that gets him thrown in jail. Fortunately, without Dexter's chemical added in, the formula Crinkle Crunch has in the cereal does not give super strength. When Crinkle tries it, he ends up breaking his hand. While he berates the mole on the phone, the mole realizes that if they did not know that the formula does not work, then Medfield does not know either, and will lose the weightlifting competition. On the day of the competition, Dexter realizes that it was his formula that gives a, su- that gives a cereal super strength. He sets off to the lab to get it, taking the Dean's beautiful but slow vintage car. When he finally gets there, he's confronted by Arno and ten of his goons. By drinking some of the formula, Dexter is able to beat up all of the men, then uses Harry to strike Arno and his men down like bowling pins. He hears on the radio that he must return to the contest in four minutes or four fits. 
He added some formula to the car's fuel tank, which makes it race off at a high speed, shedding parts as it goes. He makes it in time to compete last, but the car is a complete wreck to the Dean's horror. Medfield is losing badly, but Dexter uses the last of the super strength to lift the 1,111 pound weight and win it for Crumply Crunch and Medfield. Higgins and Quigley, Quigley get to keep their job. Arno is a prison yet again, and the scheming crinkle breaks his hand again after eating the wrong cheerleader. The end. What were your first thoughts after you watched the six-minute intro music? Um, well, like I said, I was pretty excited when I realized... I mean, like, I was looking forward to it because it was Kurt Russell. Um, and then I was, when I realized it was a sequel to the computer wore tennis shoes, I was even more excited. Um, and then it was downhill from there. Mostly. <laughs> like there, I think there were a couple places where I laughed, like, because it was actually funny, but the rest of the movie was kind of a letdown. Maybe I just got my expectations or hopes up too high. And set myself up to be disappointed. Well, I can't say that I watched this like I did with the computer wore tennis shoes. So I had expectations of some sort, and they were not met with this movie. Yeah. Like, it was the same basic premise um, as the computer wore tennis shoes, except... Instead of super smart, he gets super strong. And I thought, okay, this is going to be fun. Um, but then you don't see Kurt Russell after the first, like, 15 or 20 minutes. You don't see him again until the last 15 minutes. Yeah. Pretty much. So it was like, well, this is not as much fun at all. Yeah. Now, the movie starts with Dean... Uh, what's his name? Higgins. Dean Higgins. Driving in in a great old Ford, mm-hmm. which I honestly, was it ever, did he have that in the computer war tennis shoes? Or was this I something new that he had? I don't remember if we ever saw him, like, outside of the office or whatever. Like, outside of the school in the first movie. So, I don't know. I was like, oh, that's a nice car. But then, like, when he got out, he's wearing a house shoe on one foot. And he has this, like, mysterious foot injury that matters for the first, like, five minutes of the movie. And I don't think it's brought up again after that. Like, I don't know what the point of that was. Unless it was to get you some sympathy for the Dean. Because he walks in and finds out that he's about to be fired. Because him and his science program have run up so many bills that they can't really afford to pay him or the science program. And so Dean Higgins begs for another chance to prove his worth. And so he sets off to find out why the science program is so blasted expensive. Well, okay. So I have some thoughts or a thought. Like in the first movie, they were having financial trouble at this school and um, the science department, like, saved the day. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're still having, like, yes, the science department is spending money because it costs money to do the things they're doing. Mm-hmm. But, like, 
if they're still having financial issues of this magnitude, then Dean Higgins has got to be fired. Like, yeah, that he probably should have been fired after the first movie. Like, I know that that's like then we wouldn't have this movie. Oh, maybe that would have been better. <laughs> the end. <laughs> this didn't have to get made, or they could have made it good, like with actual Kurt Russell in the movie. And then we wouldn't be complaining. And then I'd be like, oh, his poor foot. But, like, knowing what I know now, I'm like, why did they show us his foot injury? And also, he deserved to lose his job if they're still having all yeah. these issues. Anyways. <laughs> so, we get to the science lab and find out that it is creative lab a month. Whatever in the world that means. And there is a cow named Ruthie Bell who is very undernourished, I think is probably the proper term. And they're trying to figure out some Professor Klump-style growth program to make Ruthie Bell more athletic. And so Kurt Russell and... What was the what was the red, red hair? Was it Skyler? Skyler. He not- and Kurt Russell are both working on programs simultaneously to get the cow better nourished and for some reason kurt russell's program gets knocked over and i don't remember the whole rigmarole of that um so like higgins was there to fire the professor um his name escapes me but um like, he gets flustered or something and, like, slams the door. And when he slams the door to the lab, um, it has such great force that it, like, knocks over Dexter's, um, like, formula. You get, um, what are the things called where it, like, goes, like, one action causes the mm-hmm. next thing to move? I, I know what it is, but I can't think of it. Um, but, like, it, like, kind of a domino effect in his, like formula or solution or whatever he's making spills into part of Skylar's stuff and mixes and then creates this like super strength formula. Super soldier serum. Something like that. And so no one knows what's happening. And then the next thing that we know Scholar gets a call in the middle of the night that the cow was producing 80 gallons of milk and still going strong. Yeah, so, like, when that mixture happens, some of it spilled into a bowl of cereal, which then, um, what's the cow's name? Ruthie Bell. Ruthie Bell ate some of the cereal, and no one, like, really noticed, and then Skylar dumps the cereal back in the box. Which... I don't think that's hygienic to have a cow eating the cereal and then he just dumps it back into the box. Yeah. And I don't think they had the um, protective plastic liners back in the 70s for that either. But I mean, like, they're college kids, so he probably just was like, oh, we'll eat this later. Yeah, I gotta save a buck somehow. So... The aforementioned cereal is called Crumply Crunch, and it is a mixture of Frosted Flakes, Frosted, why am I having trouble with words tonight? Frosted Flakes, Fruit Loops, and I believe Rice Krispies, because once Dexter pours milk into cereal, 
it starts getting agitated and the Rice Krispie portion starts knocking some pieces out of the bowl. Yeah, it like gets kind of um, like crackly and it's like popping and moving. Yeah. Like it comes to life because it's got that stuff in it, like the strength stuff. I don't think they ever gave it a name. It's just formula. No, so I guess we'll be calling it Super Soldier Serum just because that's it's it's a it's a Disney premise now. Yeah, I guess. So he sits it down, gives what's left over to the dog, which that part was pretty funny because you all of a sudden see a telltale poof of smoke, which comes out of all of them after they've ingested a certain amount of the formula. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden the dog's ferocious and she's willing to take on anything and anybody that gets in her way. Yeah, well, she, like, or I, I, maybe it was a boy, because his name is Brutus, but, like, so Dexter has eaten some cereal, and, like, it's like, that's kind of weird, but he immediately starts to notice, like, things happening, like, he rips the door handle off mm-hmm. by accident, because he's so strong, he didn't know his own strength, and then, of course, Brutus eats some cereal and um, is no longer afraid of the, what is that, what was that, like, a Doberman Yeah, pin- it was a Doberman pincher that... Basically chased him around for the rest, or the beginning part of the movie. Mm-hmm. But now Brutus is like a tough guy. It was cute to see that reversal, but like, put cute dogs in a movie and everyone's delighted. This was like one of the only cute parts, really. So, after this, Dexter comes in and starts proposing to Dean Higgins that he's got a surefire way to make money for the school. And so they call the head of Crumpley, which I believe her name actually was Mrs. Crumpley. I think so. Well, they called her um, called her aunt something or other, because it's like a family business. Yeah. Look uh, through the notes. Aunt Harriet. Yeah. So and then like everyone calls her that, like the board members or whatever, like Aunt Harriet. So yeah. So yeah, you you got a very nepotistic board meeting going on and then of course you got the little weasel dick van patten playing the bad guy for the second straight movie or one of the bad guys because there are multiple bad guys in this which kind of makes me try to figure out why they were doing what they were doing and so higgins calls aunt harriet proposes the idea and he gets introduced as the funny little man from the funny little school downstate So he's like, hey, I want to show you this we added to your cereal or whatever. And, um, like, he does all these kind of, like, tricks of strength. Um, The only thing about this that made me laugh was his, like, little outfit that he was wearing. um, Which he was like, oh, it was my, like, track outfit or whatever, his athletic something or other from when I was a student. And it was, like, it was just funny to see him in basically what looked like like long pajamas, like yeah, little. it it was long johns complete with a flap in the back. Yes, and like Chuck Taylors, I think it was yeah. just like okay, that was kind of funny. But um, I know I say this at least once in almost every movie we watch, but like the <laughs> feet of strength scene went on too long. He's just eating up the attention, which I guess that's kind of funny. But um, it took forever, and then it culminates with him karate chopping the table in half. Yes, so he gets some of the super serum, and they never really tell how long the serum lasts for. 
because it does run out because that's fast forwarding to the end is part of the part of the hilarity because Kurt or Dexter realizes that the that the serums run out and he can't do what he's been asked to do. Mm-hmm. So I don't. I'm just wondering if. Higgins ate enough to do all those feats of strength and acrobatics and skill and daring do. How long after that did he actually continue to have things happen like that to him? Like, Uh did he walk out the door? And Because I think the last thing that he was getting ready to do when they told him to stop was actually pull a Samson and push the whole building down. Yeah, I wonder too. Like, it seems like it probably lasts at least a few hours. Mm-hmm. Because you know Dexter, like when he had it, had the cereal for breakfast, like he they walked to school and he was like bending things and breaking them accidentally, and that's when they go visit the dean. So you would think it like is at least an hour or two. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so like they decide uh, Aunt Harriet calls up um, Mr. Crinkle from. What is it like, Crinkle Crunchies or something like that? Yeah. Um, like these cereal names are so generic and weird. <laughs> <laughs> and their pictures are on the box, which makes it even weirder. Like I don't want to eat cereal from a box that has like a giant close-up of the company owner's face. But you um, do or you don't? I do not. Like it's weird. I wouldn't want that in my cabinet. So unless... you, so you don't have a box of Wheaties in your in your cereal well, cabinet right now. So, no, I don't, but Wheaties are different because it's, like, not, like, an extreme close-up of, like, just the person's head. Um, but, like, so it turns into, like, these two cereal companies are going to sponsor the same colleges that had, like, the academic bowl or whatever they had before, um, Medfield and State. Mm-hmm. Which was also the same school's... That I'm trying to think. No, it was it wasn't state that Dean Jones had, um, Davy Jones's ghost or Blackbeard's ghost in. That was not state. Or were, was was state mentioned in that one? Oh, was I'm there... talking about in um, the computer wore tennis shoes. It's these same two schools going against each other again. Um, so state like because before they did like he's so smart whatever that thing was, yeah. um, like quiz bowl type competition. And this time it's feats of strength, which every time I say that, I think of um, Seinfeld <laughs> and Festivus. But I mean, so they're like, uh, they want to go against each other. The secret is that um, Aunt Harriet's company, I already forgot the name of that cereal. Crumply. Ha- Crumply? Crumply. Yeah, so the crumply cereal, that sounds weird too, has, has like their secret weapon of like the super strength formula. Um, which, Supposedly. Yes. And then that's somewhere in here we learn that um, Dick Van Patten's character, what is his name? Um, I know I have it written down, but. Harry. Harry. So we learn that Harry is um, a double agent. He's a spy for Crinkle, posing as a member of the board of Crumple? Crumpley? Crumpley, yes. 
don't know why I can't remember that. Yeah, and so after the meeting with Higgins and all the nepotistic board members, Harry goes out and makes this phone call. And as soon as I see the the <laughs> phone answered by a by by the president of um, Crinkle, I'm like they're gonna be standing side by side just because that's the running gag at this time that if you've got a double agent it works and they yeah. kind of do that in some of the books that i'm reading now so when it zoomed like it it shows them at different times talking to each other on the phone and then at the moment that it zoomed out and showed that the phone booths were right next to each other i genuinely belly laughed that caught me off guard it it's like probably one of the funniest things in the whole movie because I didn't see it coming and it was just so silly. Yeah, it. I actually laughed at that part just because it's it's so outlandish. But if you watch science, not science, like spy movies and spy mm-hmm. stuff from that point in time, it's a trope that they use. So when I saw it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is what's happening. And sure enough. They're standing next to each other. Could have just turned around and talked, but no, because they don't want to be seen talking to each other. It seemed to me like the first thing I thought of was like, this feels like something that was probably in a Leslie Nielsen movie that I watched growing up. Probably. Silly spoof movies. It just like, this is the kind of like ridiculous humor that really um, appeals to me. So this, (laughs) so that scene made me laugh. Um, I was really happy about it because it happens, you're not even really halfway into the movie, and I hadn't been super happy with the movie (laughs) up until that point. So I was like, okay, there's some hope. But then um, from there, we learn that, like, they're going to hire the villain from the first movie, Arno, Mr. Arno or whatever. Cesar Romero, a.k.a. the Joker, gets out of prison along with his little stooge and they just somehow start working their way into the movie and I'm like I knew he was in it but I didn't realize that it was halfway into the movie before he even makes an appearance yeah I wasn't happy to see him um like oh here we go again and so like they are gonna hire him to steal the uh, super soldier serum or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) That's like hard to say. I had to like slow myself down as it was coming out of my mouth. (laughs) So I, it's just, I don't know. I wasn't happy about it. And then we get like a super long scene of them being like trapped outside of the building, outside of the lab, um, like Mm -hmm. on a scaffold, which I think was supposed to be funny. Like, there were a couple of like moments that I thought, okay, I could see where they thought that this was good physical comedy, mm-hmm. but it just was too long. Yeah, the I think the funny part was supposed to be that Arno's afraid of heights, and so he's getting slowly let down on this window washing apparatus in a three piece suit. Because I mean, who doesn't wash windows in a three piece suit? In the 70s. Who doesn't, who, who doesn't break into a college's science lab in the middle of the night in a gray suit? <laughs> I don't know. Like, this was probably 
as bad as or worse than like the Watergate people. Like they just did a bad job of this burglary. Yeah, it was it was it was bad. I I don't know unless Cesar Romero had a X number of movies deal and he and Kurt Russell got together at the beginning of this movie and like, well, if we're each only in this movie a third, then together between the two of us we're in it for two thirds, so people will come to see it and maybe Disney will renew us for another three movie deal. Yeah, the Arno didn't really need to be in there because I liked him better in the first movie than in this one. And I kept waiting for him to want to try to invest himself in the actual weightlifting and throw in like a third team. And then somehow they beat both of the other teams and then everybody's kerfuffled. Yeah, it just like they could have done the entire same exact story without that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, I don't know. I, it was like at this point that I was like, if if something else doesn't happen soon, I'm going to get bored. <laughs> and then like the rest of the note taking is going to be bad. Um, and that's almost what happened. <laughs> yeah. So the washing rig falls. Arno lets out a goofy scream. Complete with a hee-hoo-hoo-hooey. And so since they've done loused that up, they have to resort to plan B, which is to kidnap Skylar, which this was a main bone of contention with me. Skylar was the one in the first movie that the only question that he knew the answer to was the final Jeopardy question. Now all of a sudden, he's one of the boy geniuses that's running the lab he's well i mean some time has passed he does look like he's about 28 or 30 in this movie so i don't i don't know how old the actor was but this character like i noticed that and i thought they're supposed to be young and he does not look young like so so then he's maybe a ta now maybe i don't know i like I think that we're we're supposed to think that he's the same age as Dexter, but he doesn't look like it. Mm-hmm. Like Kurt Russell still looks like a little baby <laughs> in this movie. Um, but yeah, so they like kidnap Skyler. There's a whole like we're gonna take him to Chinatown and do Chinese torture, which really is just <sighs> hypnotize him with acupuncture. Yeah, uh, I mean. I always, we, we spend so much time, like, pointing out flaws in in Asian representation in these movies. And it seemed like maybe they did okay on this one. Because, um, like, I think that's a real thing that they do. Um, except, except I don't think acupuncture leads to deep hypnosis. I've never had acupuncture. I've never yeah. been under deep hypnosis. I'm kind of scared to even get it now because yeah. I might wake up and start balking like a chicken. <laughs> well, I liked that, um, like, they wake him up. Like, they get the secret formula from him or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, the quiet part is they don't know that that's not the actual formula that is in the cereal, mm-hmm. um, which comes into play later. But, like, so they get what they think they want out of him and then let him go. And I. It was kind of cute that they're like, he keeps hearing um, the 
a Chinese man's voice, like telling him what to do. Like before he woke him up, he's like, you will do this. You will find a mode of transportation, which of course then leads to him stealing the police officer, which, okay, that also was like one of the few funny parts. I don't even remember why the police were around, but... Okay, so I actually, I do remember because I think I woke up from my fugue state at this point in this movie. <laughs> the police commissioner was in Chinatown talking about how he had reduced crime in the area, and he was so proud of all of his accomplishments, and so you need to reelect him. And so the next thing that you know, you got the Chinese mafia back in the back leading the dip, deep hypnosis of Skylar. And yes, you will go find a motor transportation. You will drive yourself home. You will not remember any of what has happened. Yeah, he's like, you will go home and find your dog or whatever. Yes. Because because the dog was kidnapped, which was which led to him being kidnapped, and then they just let the dog out, and the dog runs back to the house, and everybody starts worrying about Skylar, and so Higgins calls the police, as you're apt to do when your prized pupil goes missing, after an hour and a half or however long it was, yeah, and he's like, well, I have never seen. Such inept blah 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 blah, and I just hope that y'all will start taking more interest in this. And all of a sudden, you start hearing the police sirens, and Skyler's pulling up in the police commissioner's car, followed by every police in the entire Tri County community. Yes, so many. So, this would have been a perfect spot for Arno to go and rob a bank, which probably happened off screen, and nobody even knew about that because yeah, that's what the joker does we don't really know what he what's going on during this time except uh skylar it's like tackled to the ground um which that part was kind of funny too <laughs> I guess. Um, but i don't know like <laughs> all of this like just bored me um like there was the fun action of him stealing the car and then we go back and like <sighs> okay here's the problem with this movie it's billed to us as a Kurt Russell movie that's going to be funny and entertaining like the first movie in this trilogy. But it turns out that we've been given instead a movie about corporate espionage, and um, it's all very boring. <laughs> well, I mean, corporate, corporate espionage is not as sexy as Kurt Russell lifting weights. Yeah, I guess. So, okay, one part that did make me laugh is that, um, so the Crinkle people think they have the secret formula because mm -hmm. they've, like, gotten the information from Skylar, not knowing that that's not really what's in the cereal. He eats it, and it's like, ooh, I feel different. Um, we know it's, like, totally fake. It's like a placebo, basically. And what does he do? He, like, karate chops the table and breaks his hand. Yes, because he's, cause he's thinking that he's got the super super soldier serum. Now you done got me double-guessing the word. <laughs> and so he's like, well, I'm, I'm feeling stronger, and I can do things, and watch! Kunk, breaks his hand. Yeah, and so they cut away from that to the day of the weightlifting gala 
extraordinaire. And we have the crinkle people, we have the crumply people, and we have the dean of the board of the educators all sitting there basically saying, look, this doesn't go right. Higgins, you're fired. Mm -hmm. And so they start... They start the actual show not with the weightlifting, but with all the men sitting down and eating the supposed nutritious, healthy cereal that's going to make them all lift all their weights. Yeah, because, like, the cereal companies have sponsored this, like, contest, and, like, we're going to see who's really better. Um, I... I laughed so much seeing um, the state weightlifting team because, I mean, they're huge, but they're all also, like, 35 years old. Yeah. There's no way these dudes are college kids. Um, they're massive, and um, they're, they're eating more than just cereal, I guarantee it. Allegedly. Um, but yeah, so like they start their competition, the state, like giants are lifting the giant weights and the medfield kids are like kind of scrawny and not great. And, and they're, so they're not doing well, but that's, I think when we finally get Kurt Russell back and Dexter realizes something's off. And I think that's when we get like that he... It, it occurs to him finally, like, oh, this doesn't have the right stuff in this cereal. That's why it's not working. Yeah, because the he when he started eating, he realized that there wasn't the aftertaste, yeah, which like, all good cereals have. No snap, crackle, pop happening in the bowl. The cereal yeah. has to come to life. And, um, oh, he says it, has, it had an acid taste. Yeah. Um, and Skylar's like, why would it have acid? It was like vitamins. And that's when I think he's like, it dawns on him. Oh, it was the stuff that I bottled up. Cause I think we forgot to mention this, but when like the mixture happens by accident, he bottles some of it up and saves it. Um, so it's like back to like, we're trying to recreate the scene from the first movie where Dexter is like in a hurry to get to the place so that, you know, the crisis is averted. So we get kind of like he runs to get the formula from like their dorm or house or whatever. Mm. But then it's like a like a really sad recreation of the chase scene from the first movie <laughs> where like Arno's after him, but he's in the de like Dexter is in the Dean's car and then um the car is like, he's driving it so hard it starts to fall apart, which made me think of Herbie, um, which made me smile only because then I was thinking about the love bug and not this movie. <laughs> yeah, so he goes, I think he goes back to the lab and he, and the Dean's Ford, which he borrows because the Dean's so excited about winning that he doesn't realize that he let Dexter borrow his car and so he takes off well takes off is probably not the right term this car was moving so slow that people oh. on bicycles were passing it oh that's right the, so the car was moving slow but um like once he gets to the lab and he drinks the stuff um he's like got i don't know like five minutes to get back there's like a funny like 
supposedly funny fight scene between him and Arno. Mm-hmm. Um, then we get the chase. He realizes he can make the car go faster by putting some of the formula in the gas tank. Yes. Then that's when we get like the car falling apart, like Herbie in the love bug, which again, made me smile because I was thinking about Herbie. And so he gets back to the um, weightlifting competition, which, for whatever reason, is being broadcast not only on TV, but also on the radio. And they are giving the play-by-play, and they're saying, well, we have five minutes left in the competition, and if Medfield doesn't get over 1,100 pounds lifted on their final weight, then they're going to lose. And so he gets back and he's like, I'm ready now. And somehow they put a thousand, eleven hundred, eleven hundred, eleven pounds on this barbell, which just boggles the mind that that would even work. And (laughs) so Kurt Russell starts trying to lift it and it doesn't work. And he's like, Oh, come on, give me one final push and of course being a disney movie everything works out and you have to believe in miracles because that's another kurt russell takes the final swig of the magic potion um so i want to pause for a second because i've got this open um in another window and like god bless kurt russell like (laughs) for like 10 whole minutes maybe 15 um but, like, he's acting the crap out of this. Like, as he's pulling, like, as Dexter goes to lift this ginormous thing, um, his face is red. He's really, like, um, I don't know how to describe it. Like, he's gritting his teeth and puffing his cheeks out and, like, really getting into this weightlifting um, scene. It's, it's, it's beautiful. <laughs> like, like, this whole movie is carried on on his back in this final scene and he's like i don't know just just his facial expressions as he's acting this and like lifting this heavy weight that obviously is not as heavy as it is because it's a movie prop um it just is, is wonderful yeah and so they win and everybody gets to keep their jobs somehow arno gets thrown back in prison and Crinkle eats the wrong cereal, slams his hand down and breaks it, and we all laugh happily ever after. Yeah, he breaks his hand again like a dummy. Um, and it's like the movie ends like so abruptly. Like, yeah, they win. There's like really no um, solution to the money problems, I guess, except for the cereal company is going to give the school some money or something. Um, yeah. Because, like, they don't have the the special formula to make the money off of. Because Kurt, or Dexter, drank it all. But if he's so smart, he could probably recreate it. And then it's the off-screen issues that we have with this whole movie. So, just anything else that jumps out at me. Yeah, so... The computer where... T- the, yeah, there was another movie called Now You See Him, Now You Don't which was the second movie that, for whatever reason, Disney Plus may have decided for the better not to put it on Disney Plus. 
Yeah, I saw, um, hang on, I want to pull it back up because I want to get this right. Um, like a review of this movie where, um, let's see, I think it was in the New York Times. That's like, this movie is not as good as the first one, but it's a lot better than the second. So um, I think I kind of want to see the second one, but like after reading that, I was like, uh, maybe not. Because this one, like, if this was better than the second one, then the second one has to be pretty bad because this wasn't great. I think they fell into the same trap they did with the love bug um, where like this, this sequel completely lacks the charm. And um, what was it? Herbie rides again. Yes. So it was the same thing as that. We're like, Herbie was wonderful in the love bug. Kurt Russell was wonderful as Dexter in the computer war tennis shoes. So good. Both of those movies were great. But then in Herbie Writes Again, Herbie is like a plot device that is in the movie for like 10 minutes, give or take. The same thing here where Kurt Russell as Dexter is only a plot device that's in the movie for like the first few minutes and the last few minutes. And so it like you've completely lost all of the charm and all of all of the magic that made the, the original so good. So I'm reading on the missing invisible movie, which it appears was the basic premise because we had Arno in that one again. Well, that's a bummer. <laughs> yeah. And basically Skylar invents an invisibility formula. Arno tries to cap tries to get it. Hilarity ensues allegedly. I was going to say, I doubt that. <laughs> and so the movie ends with Higgins becoming invisible and somehow they win a prize, which saves them for another year. Man, I, this is a bad dean. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I would want to have this man running my lemonade stand let alone a, a university, if he's got problems where the only way that he can make things work is to figure out some cockamamie plot. That rides on the backs of, like, a bunch of 20-year-olds. Yeah. Um, yeah. He should have... He deserved to lose his job. And then again, if that had happened, we wouldn't be watching this movie. Um, Which may or may not have been a good or a bad thing. Right. Like, I really wanted to like this like I said I was I was so like excited to realize that it was a sequel to a movie that I had enjoyed um Kurt Russell always great yeah it just was like a major disappointment like no wonder they didn't make a fourth one well there was one other reason that they didn't make a fourth one and that was that the dean died six months after the movie wrapped Oh, that's right. I, I remember reading that. So they would have had to completely recast Dean Higgins with a younger, smarter, hipper Dean. Mm-hmm. And nobody wants that in, in a movie like this. They could have. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I guess they decided it wasn't worth it after this one. <laughs> and, and great. 
thank you for that, Disney. <laughs> but if they would have made a fourth one, like, I probably would have watched it just because I like the first one. You know, sometimes the subsequent sequels aren't great, and sometimes, you know, you get one after a couple that is actually pretty good. Yeah, which may be the way with the next Herbie movie. We will see in a couple of months when we actually get to that one. Yeah. So, do you have any other points of contention with this movie? No. Because I think we pretty much drug it through the cow pile. Yeah, we did. Okay. Drug it through Ruthie, Be- Ruthie Bell's uh, stall. Like yeah. Alright. Well, then with that, we will turn it over to the three important questions. Firstly, what is today's impact on this movie? Um... Dean Higgins would have already lost his job. If they still had a story after that, um, I don't know. I bet they could make it better now. It would it would be interesting to see Disney reboot this franchise, maybe with Dexter playing the Dean. I was going to say I would like to see Kurt Russell either as Dexter in another like part, like, as part of the story, even if it's a small part, or Kurt Russell um, in a cameo as someone else, like make Kurt Russell the like Arno style villain, Ooh. or or just have him like walk through a scene and like have some throwaway line that's funny. Um, like I'd watch it if they did. I mean, I'd give it a chance, unless the trailer looked stupid. <laughs> well. I mean, we've had some bad trailers that we've sat through to get to these movies, and some of the trailers are better than the movies, but... Yep. Alright. Um, I mean, I could see them trying, probably not successfully, to restart this, since Kurt Russell has had such a resurgence in the last few years, and, I mean, he could... I mean, it might be interesting to see him actually playing the Dean of Medfield. Bring Medfield out of the mothballs. They would ha- if they did this again. Um, because it's 2022, they'd have to do some things different. Like obviously a more diverse cast. Like mm-hmm. besides Aunt Harriet and like maybe two seconds of another girl, like a college student. There are no women in this movie. Um, this movie would not pass the Bechtel test. No. And um, I think, I don't recall seeing any minorities aside from the people in Chinatown. Um, which, I mean, I guess that part was fine. They didn't they didn't do anything gross there. <laughs> they didn't have, like, a content warning. But, like, if today's impact in this movie would be, like, it would be more diverse. Um There'd probably be, like, some viral video of Dexter or whoever, like, doing the strong stuff accidentally. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like, like the kids will be walking down the road and one of them will be talking to somebody probably on a, on a FaceTime. And then in the background, you'd see Dexter lean over and... It's like, break the light pole or whatever. Yeah. I think he does that in this one. Yeah. He bends it by accident. So, yeah. Like, I think it would be kind of cool to see this updated. I mean, they'd have to do the original first, but I'd, I'd, I'd give it a chance. Yeah. 
Alright, so the nonsensical question, is this movie mirrored in culture? I don't think so. You don't see people trying to outlift people 20 years their senior <laughs> with a special weightlifting formula? Well, okay. I don't think it's because <laughs> of this movie, but yeah, you do see that. Well, I was being facetious, because I mean, I don't see... I, I mean, mean that, we know that happened. Yeah. And then we also see the pipsqueaks winning by using their brains to figure things out and get things to the end. Yeah. I, you know, that's another thing. If they remade this, I would hope that, like, they would spend a few minutes, like, figuring out what the formula actually is. Because Dexter's formula was, formula was created by accident. I don't think he ever, like, figured out what it really was. Yeah. So I like I hope that we'd get a little more science, and that would make it I don't know make that would make it make sense I guess. Yeah. You, I don't I think you could do that and not lose any of the charm if you did it right. Yeah, because you would you could probably have them sitting in the lab, saying all right, um, Mark Four had X Y and Z in it that didn't work, so why don't we try A B and C and X. Mm-hmm. And then that's what actually gets knocked over on a Ruthie Bell serial. And then that's how they actually end up saving the college. Because they're able to recreate the formula and suddenly crimples, crumples, crimplies, <laughs> crunchies. Now packed with more fortification. Yeah. I just... We're trying to make a bad movie good. Yeah, it's... I think it's possible I... Doubt I'm the right person for the job. <laughs> All right. Well, question number three: How does it fit into today's society, or does it? I don't really think it does. All right. Well, if you liked our 45-minute rant on Kurt Russell's third movie in the Medford trilogy, you're gonna love next week because we are into the 75s. And next week's movie is Escape to Witch Mountain. And I think Kyra liked this. Uh, no spoilers. You'll have to tune in next week to find out. Okay. Well, as it's that time, until we speak again, stay safe, stay hungry, and stay out of the weightlifting program at Medford. <laughs> Bye. Is it Medfield? Medfield, Med I, now you're making me doubt it. I think we've had this conversation before. I think whenever, um, I think when Phil Johnson was on, we had this similar conversation because we were all confused about it. But, um, yeah. Anyways. <laughs> all right. Well, with, with that, we will we will turn it off. <laughs> Bye, everybody.
it's you. You leave me alone, young man. Well, you were behind this all the time, weren't you? I'm warning you, young man. Now, you let me go. 